0: Hello, all you gore fiends and horror hounds. This is Brett from Dimension Z. Joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. I cannot do that for the entire intro. How you doing? Not bad. How are you?
1: I'm I'm confused. I was just confused cuz of this fucking movie and now I am because of what you're doing.
0: Oh, it's I'm doing opera. Oh, okay. I see. It's also my tiny Tim impression. <laughs> I was going to say your opera voice sounds a lot like Tiny Tim. Yeah, I only have a few voices I can do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah. This is one last episode of 2021
0: yeah holy shit we almost made it everyone
1: not one missed week all year that's what i'm talking about
0: that's what i was striving for for at the beginning of the year and the fact that we made it a couple times it was a little rocky but we made it i'm very happy about that
1: oh yeah and more than just one a week we did pretty well so yep that's 2021 brett what the fuck is this movie we did today
0: um, it's Italian horror, Greg. Of course it's weird and, like, surreal and, like, certain points don't make sense. And for some reason, there are ravens.
1: Weird, surreal, and ravens I can deal with. What is this? <laughs> it's,
0: it's horror opera.
1: <laughs> okay, so this is opera from 1987 with an Ed Wood trifecta, written, direct, and produced from Dario Argento. Holy shit whole thing's very italian horror all like italian voices but dubbed and everything in the version i watched i'm assuming as well for you yes okay
0: but holy shit the uh, amazing dario gento he also did like suspiria deep red inferno phenomena tenebrae i mean cat of nine tales you can go on and on about this guy's like film resume this is a legend
1: Suspiria, I know, is like one of those all time classics. That is honestly a blind spot for me. I have still never seen it, and I need to.
0: I still also need to see Suspiria, which makes me want to do it for the podcast. So we just both have to do it. Well, now we got to
1: space it out because we decided to do opera first for some reason. <laughs> well,
0: because I love opera. Like this is my this was the very first Italian horror movie I bought on DVD because I was at Ides in Pittsburgh and I was like, holy shit, they have opera. This is an odd
1: one, dude. Like, and it's so weird because I talked to you, I don't remember if it was on mic or off mic, but like a week or two ago. And I said, Oh, I started opera. It's really good so far. I'm liking it a lot. Which goes to show this movie takes a wild turn somewhere around the third act.
0: I was going to say, whenever I got that, like, text from you, I was like, Yes, like, I threw this off the wall movie out there, and Greg actually likes it this time.
1: I liked it for a long time. And then after a while, I'm like, what am I watching? And there's turning points. There's slight turning points and then hard turn points that I'll get to as we get through this.
0: Well, that's just Italian horror in general. It's just like, oh, which is, it's a cool visual, so we're just going to throw it in there. Does it make sense for the plot? Not exactly, but it looks cool.
1: It's called lazy filmmaking, Brett. It's not oh. called Italian horror.
0: How dare you?
1: But lazy filmmaking. That's what no, we got right here.
0: Not Dario Gento.
1: Yes, Dario Argento.
0: Ah, uh, phooey.
1: <laughs> I don't care how much is held as a masterpiece.
0: Even uh, Deep Red has one of the best uh, scores to an, uh, any movie ever. Like, I'll just I've... put it on driving around.
1: Now, it's weird because Dario Argento is one of those names thrown around a lot against Fulci. Not like they were enemies or anything, but like, those seem to be the big two. I think out of the two, I lean more Fulci out out of the camp. I mean, granted, this is the only Argento I think I've seen.
0: Oh, that's hard, because you want to talk about schlock. Fucking, I love Fulci, but holy shit, like, he literally just did like, oh, we're doing Zombie 2, it's Dawn of the Dead 2, but it's not. That's why the fucking order's all fucked up.
1: But there's a certain bad charm that I like with Fulci.
0: I don't know, I like Argento has that, like, he has a bit of class to him. Of like, okay, my movies are a little bit of, a bit above. Fulci makes great B movies, and I love them. But Argento is like, you go to a fine museum, and you're looking at a Van Gogh.
1: I don't know. Now granted, again, listeners, I'm only judging off of this movie. This feels like a kindergartner drew a picture and then tried to hang it in the museum by Van Gogh. <laughs> He no. thinks it belongs there. He's he's acting like it belongs there, but let's be real, it doesn't belong there.
0: It 100% belongs there. They'll fuck all the rest of the paintings. Get rid of those. <laughs> I can't wait to get into this now. All right, you want to?
1: Should we yeah. kick it off? Yeah. All right. So our opening credits is just a crow hanging out during rehearsal. Said crow gets a shoe thrown at it by the lead in this opera that's going on. So... The whole movie, it pretty much, not the whole movie, but a lot of it takes place this opera house. The uh, All the characters are people who work on the opera, all that stuff, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Right, yeah, they're doing a show, they're doing a play of Macbeth or whatever, a showing of Macbeth, which is, uh, it is legendary how, like, bad luck follows this play.
1: Oh, for sure, but they're definitely putting their own spin on it. They have, like, lasers, there's guns, they have live ravens flying around, it's, Because Mark, his name is—I don't know what his name is in the original cut—but is a the guy running the play, the director. But he came from
0: horror movies. Yeah, which I love that little like thing in there where they threw that, like how Stephen King and like all of his people are like the main character is always a writer. I love that this guy's like a horror movie director that's trying to go into like opera. And even like later on, he's reading his reviews, and he's like, oh, this one says I should stay in horror.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, definitely writing himself into the role there. But the crow we're talking about gets hit by a shoe by the lead, Mara, and she's like, I quit. This is ridiculous. I can't do it. She leaves and gets hit by a car off screen. Doesn't die because we see her for a split second later.
0: Yeah, which is funny how she's like, this is not Macbeth, this is not good theater, like she throws a fit that she has to like work alongside these crows, and then the crow crow, like Wrangler or whatever his name is, like the guy who's in charge of the crows is like pissed off that she's talking shit about his crows, and... Yeah, he's all mad about it. I forget, are they crows or ravens? It's the same thing, isn't it? I don't know. I think it's the same thing, I don't know. We'll probably switch back and forth throughout the entire thing, so just fair warning, don't tell us, we know. Also, this plot is just Phantom of the Opera.
1: That's what this is.
0: See, I've never seen Phantom of the Opera.
1: Yeah, it's, um, he's obsessed with the girl, so he takes out the lead, so she gets the lead part, like, pulling the strings behind the... it's literally Phantom of the Opera.
0: Oh, so we pull the string!
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But, so, Betty, who's our lead in this movie, she gets a call that she'll be playing Lady Macbeth, and she doesn't know who this caller is, though. It's a creepy, weird voice, and right then, someone comes into the room to tell her the news that she will be, she's like, I know you just called me, no one called you, all that stuff. All the opera people storm in and get her, oh, you're gonna be our new lead, and she's nervous about the role, and they kind of force her into it.
0: Yeah, she's worried that she's too young to play it, and, like, the role, and she doesn't have, like the right kind of voice for it and everyone's like fooey on that like uh, you'll be fine like you're, you're gonna turn down this like leading role and she's like I kind of want to and then they just won't let her
1: yeah exactly and someone's watching from the vent in her house did you notice this
0: yes and that comes up later
1: in it, a... yeah I don't think here's my other <laughs> okay let's pull off here I don't think they had this movie written when they started started filming it. I think they had, like, what they were filming that day written, and then they went along as it went along.
0: Oh, they did not Star Wars New Trilogy this. No way. Oh, 100%. Like, cause it's set up
1: to be such an ominous figure in the vent, and clearly not who we see it is later. It's not a small girl in the vent in this scene.
0: Oh, you know, I think that they that's very thought out of just like, oh, look, there you see something weird in the vent. I wonder what that is. It turns out later it's a good thing,
1: dude. I'll leave it there.
0: Okay. <laughs> I just love
1: the dude. Just... You know, you're, you're purposely antagonizing me here, you're poking me. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get we cut to rehearsal, and there's a black love person watching from one of the opera boxes black love point of view killer now here's how bad i am at sounding italian giallo giallo that's what this movie is right right okay so um it just made me wish i was watching malignant
0: yeah oh my god i was waiting for that to come up dude whenever you see the knife doesn't it look exactly like gabriel's knife
1: yeah very much like man i just wish i was watching malignant right now the whole time though
0: but, you see, this is what Malignant kind of, like, is showing, like, oh homage to or whatever. Of, like, oh, we love opera, so we're gonna, like, put a little Easter egg in there in our movie.
1: Doesn't mean I gotta like it. I liked it at this point still, though.
0: Okay. I, I'm but waiting this... for, like, what the real turning point is. Don't tell me yet, but when we get there, I cannot wait.
1: Well, there's a couple small ones, and then there's, like, some big ones, but okay. Um... There's a shot, and then we cut to this fucking shot that makes no sense. There's a shot of this girl tied up, and then another one screaming, and just cuts away from that. No explanation at all. We don't know what the fuck this is. Is it a flashback? Is it a dream? What is it? Later it's told it's a dream, but it might be a memory. (laughs) But anyway, this worker at the opera tries to kick out this mystery man out of the box, they get into a scuffle. A stage light falls right there, like while everyone's there. Uh, the play kind of stops for a second, obviously, when the things are falling from the rafters. And the worker, I guess he's an usher or whatever, is killed by a shove into like a coat hook.
0: Yeah, which I love that it's just like, okay, I don't have anything on me. What's around here? Oh, look, a coat hook that doesn't have a point on it. It's just a coat hook. But if I ram his head against it like hard enough. The effects in this are good. I like the effects quite a bit. I mean, and that's that goes to the
1: little bit of Italian horror that I have watched, and I like their effects are always fucking top notch.
0: Oh, Credit yeah. where credit's due, and they have that fucking amazing, amazing techno red blood. Oh,
1: it's great, isn't it?
0: My favorite blood of any horror movie is either seventies techno blood, or then the Italians took it.
1: Yes, the play pauses, it resumes. No one notices the murder, but. They're like, uh, eh, just keep going. But the play finishes and they get this big ovation. Everyone loved it. She's the new sensation.
0: Yeah, and I love that it cuts to like the um old lead that got hit by the car where she's watching it and she's pissed off and like breaks a glass against her television and the guy that she's with is like a little dramatic, don't you think? Calm down.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the Mara, right? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. After that, she's in her dressing room and she gets a knock and it's her first fan. His name's Alan, gives her a rose and she gets an autograph and he's also a cop, but a cop can't be a fan. He's not investigating anything or anything like that. And here's the other thing. Who's Alan, Brett? He's an inspector. Let's jump ahead. Who's Alan? The murderer. So they set up right here. The most likely suspicious weird man is the killer.
0: But they also immediately kind of say that he's a cop, which it doesn't gonna, mean anything? Well, it's gonna lead a lot of people to go, oh, okay, it, you know, it's probably not him. Let's look somewhere else.
1: I don't know. okay. i'll I'll let that one that one slide. okay. <laughs> the sta- stage manager who I'm guessing is her boyfriend by all accounts. I don't know. He also stops by. Then we get this... There's so much weird shit. This is why I legit think they were just writing as as they went along. They're like, I don't know which way we're taking this movie. Because she gets a gift that's perfumed from Mara, the former lead. It smells awful when she dumps it in the sink. And that never comes back again. Ever. Nothing about it.
0: Well, no, I think that's just her being so petty that it's like, go fuck yourself. Like, here's some, like, nasty, like, as she put it, like, frog slime. Yeah, but... Okay. Fine, I'll give you it. I just, i look, I see it as, like, a pretentious opera person, just, like, being, like, so stuck up and so, like, thinking so amazingly of themselves that they're like, how dare you take my role from me, even though I'm hurt and can't do it.
1: Yeah, okay. Uh, And like I said, at the time, I still liked it, because I didn't know none of this was going to pay off. (laughs) But (laughs) that weird, like, abandoned part of what I'm assuming is the opera house is shown again, and there's a woman in bed. And he's, like, walking up to her. I think he has a knife, right? We still don't see him. Right. And screams and wakes up, and then the camera cuts away. And that's never to be seen again. <laughs> I don't know why it's there. It's there. I got to talk about the movie. It's in the movie.
0: <laughs> because they got to make this movie, Greg. They got to pad it out for some time, you know. No, they it's didn't. Hours. It was fucking long. They didn't need to pad anything. It's only two hours. It's not that bad. Jesus, this could have been a forty-minute movie. Oh yeah, well, this is definitely a movie that is could have uh, been edited down, I think, and could definitely been in a good hour and a half.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we get a point of view shot of our killer. He's breaking glass, and he gets Be- Betty's costume out. And he starts cutting it up for no reason. But the crows escape, and he kills a bunch of them with a knife.
0: Well, I think it's him just being, like... I don't know, because he's obsessed with her, but then also, like, torturing her at the same time. Like, I don't know how much he's, like, into Macbeth and just being like, okay, I'm gonna kind of play along with that and just fuck things up randomly.
1: Maybe. Maybe he goes around to all the operas. He's the actual curse of Macbeth.
0: Exactly. And the killing of the crows is very important for later.
1: Yeah, that... That's good and bad. Okay. (laughs) Betty and her boyfriend are in bed at his place that's just like a giant mansion or a museum that his uncle owns or something like that. Uh, He leaves to get some tea and he comes back and Betty is gagged and tied to a pole in this museum place.
0: My favorite thing is the needles taped under her eyes, and he explains it, so if you blink, you're going to blind yourself, so you have to watch.
1: Yeah, it's a uh, piece of scotch tape with just a bunch of needles pointed up, put, like, on the bottom of her eyes.
0: Which when I first said about wanting to do this movie, I sent you a picture of that and you I was you I think I got back, oh fuck no. Or something like that.
1: <laughs> I don't like weird shit, but I won't lie, it didn't really I'm like, oh, okay. With what they do with it. I thought it was gonna go a lot worse. I don't think they had the uh effects budget to do what I think what I thought we were going to
0: see. Well I don't know, we get some pretty great effects later as well. Yeah, and
1: I I'm not gonna lie. I feel like if you blinked hard enough, it'd be a little bit of a pinch, but then they just come off.
0: Yeah, definitely. Of just like, oh, like maybe make yourself start crying somehow, and like the tears were like make the tape fall off.
1: Yeah, just move your face around a lot. Get that tape not sealed on. It's just scotch tape.
0: Yeah, he's like, hey, stop that! No, no, I did not plan for this. I don't have any more tape.
1: <laughs> you know how hard it is to tear tape in these black gloves.
0: You know, I was working on, like, a really awesome torture method for weeks now, and you just ruined it. I don't even want to do this anymore.
1: (laughs) I'm taking my driving gloves off. I'm done being a killer. You ruined it for me. Yeah, fuck you. But, yeah, you have to watch everything. Her boyfriend comes back in, and he's stabbed through the bottom of the mouth. Awesome effect. And then stabbed repeatedly while he's on the ground with some thrash metal songs playing in the background.
0: Oh, yeah. I love any time, like, a murder's going on. It cuts from, like... Opera and like classical music to just like thrash metal, of just screaming and like guitar licks and shit and
1: yeah, it's it's I w- I couldn't find who it was. I'm like, who is this? This is legit good though. But anyway, after the murder, he cuts her rope and frees her, and she, as you would expect, runs away, goes to a phone booth and reports the murder, doesn't identify herself, and then one of her workers, Mark, the horror director happens to be driving past and picks her up
0: yeah i don't get the not telling them who she is thing no
1: and they play with that later i was like i'm afraid to tell them the truth why
0: yeah like you're now if like if it gets found out that you're like sneaking sneaking around and you've been at like several murder scenes it's gonna be way worse for you and you were a victim. You're tied up with, like, show them your eyes. Look, yeah, I had needles
1: scotch taped to my face.
0: Yeah, exactly. You're still in danger. The killer's out
1: there. Reasons. But she doesn't <laughs> tell Mark what happened, really, either. They go back to her place, and she tells him about it there. And she says the murders were just like this dream she used to have. Is she psychic? Like, what, for, this is my joking aside. What's the deal with the whole dreams thing?
0: That, I don't know. I just chalk it up to some Italian thing I don't understand.
1: Fair. I'll take it.
0: I, that's, that's exactly just what I say. It's just like, oh, that must be an Italian thing in their movies. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I thought Mark was the killer here, though, because he has happened to be driving past, and then he tells her there's someone in the street watching you with binoculars, but when she looks, the watcher is gone. I'm like, oh, Mark's the killer.
0: Yeah, it does do a pretty good job of, like, keeping you on your toes for a lot of the movie of, like, who can this be?
1: Well, do you know why you can't figure it out? Because the guy isn't a character who exists anywhere else in the movie.
0: Yeah, he kind of shows up at the beginning. And, well, if you think about it, any of those, like, crime shows or anything, it's always, like, some, the person who did it showed up in, like, the first ten minutes as a very insignificant character that you don't even really recognize is there.
1: I guess so. It's something, but, yeah, I I wish he would have been in a little more to at least keep him on the suspect radar a little, you know?
0: Yeah, I agree, of just, like, kind of keep it in your mind of, like, oh, yeah, that's a character. Not when you see his face again, and it's like, who's that?
1: And I realize how hypocritical I'm being, because I love the first Friday the 13th, and it's just someone we didn't see for any of the movie.
0: Yeah, but it matters how you kind of want to do the movie. Like, Friday the 13th is an anomaly of, like, that that actually works.
1: Yeah. But the Watcher's gone. Like I said, Mark leaves, and she finds the needle tape in her pocket, gets a phone call, no one's there, and then I flashbacks to last episode.
0: Who's there? Oh, my God, we better run around for, like, more than half the movie trying to trace a call in our 1974, (laughs) like, technology. Like, oh, my God, <laughs> the phone rang again.
1: Uh, we did get two, like, of these phone call movies twice in a row. I'm like, oh, here we go. And then she goes, why did I sing that role? I shouldn't have. Come on. Be a fucking grown adult here. The Killer's not chasing you because he took the role. You're being hunted by a madman. Priorities here, Betty.
0: Well, yeah, I think it's a little bit, why well, because she took the role and, like, who she is. Yeah, but the only reason she got the role because the killer basically set it up for her, so I don't think that was it. If anything, she should hire hire him being like, you're my new manager. You make things happen.
1: Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. Like, you can put tape on my eyes here and there, whatever, you get off on, but keep getting me good roles.
0: Yeah, like, that's your payment. Instead of getting money, every once in a while you kill someone in front of me while I'm taped up.
1: Exactly. We already talked about this, but there's investigators at the opera house and Betty arrives late and then sees them from the stairs, then like hides and doesn't go see him cuz for some reason she's afraid of what's going on and she leaves. The raven handler thinks it was the old leave Mara. Again, would have made more sense, but it was not. Uh we meet the costume lady who's working on her now damaged costume.
0: Oh yeah, and I love, like, doesn't someone point out, they're like, oh my god, what am I supposed to do with this? It's ruined. And someone's like, oh, it wasn't that good in the first place. And she's like, do you know what I have to work with? (laughs) I'd be pissed too. hey, I worked hard on this thing. Yeah, like, fuck you, man. Like, you come over here and sew this thing together then.
1: Yeah. But it gets to her, like, working on the costume, and she hears noises, and then... (laughs) so it's like the costume department so there's all this fabric everywhere and everything and then just like a wind comes through and not like a breeze, like a window's open like there's a hurricane blowing through this room, all the fabrics going and everything for no reason it's I yeah, I mean you're not wrong, you are correct yes, okay (laughs) (laughs) but, so yeah, it just starts blowing all over the place and everything for no reason, but whatever. She finds a bracelet on the costume, and she shows Betty, look, I found a bracelet, I don't know what it is. She can't figure out what it says. She goes, I have a magnifying glass, and the movie spends way too long looking for this magnifying glass. I feel like it's ten minutes.
0: Yeah, it, it kind of, to bring up Friday the 13th again, it reminds me when Alice is making like tea, Or coffee or whatever. And it shows in real time her boiling water. Getting out the grounds. Getting out the sugar. Like putting everything away again. Yeah, it's definitely
1: one of those. And we get this weird brain camera shot. Like I guess it's showing her head like pulsing or throbbing if you will. And then you hear this heartbeat pick up and everything. This happens two or three times. And again, nothing is ever explained of it.
0: No, yeah, and, like, later on, like, it does the, like, throbbing brain thing again, and, like, she starts going through, like, fits for a little bit, and then it just goes away.
1: Yeah, I, I, again, they're writing this as they're going, Brett. That was one possible ending, and they changed their mind, but they already shot it, so they kept it in.
0: (laughs) It also, the shots of the brain remind me of brain damage.
1: I do do love brain damage. I wish we were watching brain damage. (laughs) We could do it again. Was that
0: Lauder? Yeah, Frank Lauder. Tell him to write a sequel already. Oh yeah, that would be amazing. Well, what I want is the basket case versus brain damage of Belial and Elmer. They, they teased it. Which is the, my number one crossover event of any movie. Fuck the event Again. Again, that
1: was not a cross. That was only, you called it a team up before.
0: That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a team up.
1: <laughs> but Betty is grabbed by the killer right here. And said, and he says, "You are perceived as an old whore."
0: What the fuck does this mean? I, th- I don't. That I have no <laughs> idea. It's just it's weird Italian writing. There's something lost in the
1: translation here, like that didn't quite translate right.
0: There's quite a bit that I just chalk up to being like, "Oh, it's Italian." I just don't get it.
1: <laughs> but as she's taken gets to the costume lady cuz she went to a different office and she finds her magnifying glass and she finds a date inscribed on the bracelet do you want to know when this comes
0: back up brett when never well no it it does um in the like next scene oh yeah but i mean what any of the payoff
1: of this date or anything means
0: well no i just see it as the killer dropped the bracelet onto the costume by accident and then he had to go get it to cover his tracks
1: you know that's not what you know this is like seriously argento is sitting everyday writing oh fuck what am i supposed to do next <laughs> no yes written directed and produced all at the same time
0: <laughs> this is one of those movies like how um halloween 2 the like original like 1981 is um he Like, John Carpenter wrote it in, like, 12 hours over, like, a 12-pack of beer.
1: Exactly. That's what was going on here. Then we cut back to Betty, and again, she's tied up and gagged and eye-needled, and that's what I'll call it, in, the, in a costume box, like a glass box where you display the costume.
0: Yeah, which, you know what this reminded me of is, like, the local Comic-Con... Where they had like the celebrity booths, but they literally just stuck the celebrity inside of like a plexiglass ah. box. <laughs> now,
1: not the cons that we've talked about that we had a great time, but I- I'll leave it nameless. There was a con that was in our area that, with their solution to COVID, was they put the celebrities in a box,
0: <laughs> which is so fucking funny. You see the pictures of it. Which you're like, okay. I love they're all doing like the Kirk and Spock from like Star Trek 2 where they like have their hands against the glass and they're like trying to touch them touch each other
1: but but yeah that's neither here nor there because no one else gets why this is funny but that's fucking hilarious that is what it looks like
0: especially this last time watching it they come around the corner and they show her inside the box I'm like I just expect there to be a sign beside her going $50 for a selfie (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, it does look like that 100%. Yeah. And so, But uh, the costume lady comes back in right as this is all going on, and we get the iron fight. And you know what this reminded me of? What? Halloween Kills.
0: That lady who brought the fucking iron to fight Michael Myers. This yes. is proof that it works. This is her, like, in the, in the late 80s. Yeah.
1: And she knocks him out. She gets him with the iron, knocks him out, and she unmasks him. It's not shown to us, though. She recognizes him, is about to tell Betty who it is, and right then he reaches up, strangles her, and then she's stabbed and killed. But that's not all.
0: No, because at this point, like, the killer's taken back the bracelet, but the bracelet falls into her mouth and down her throat. I thought he,
1: like, shoved it in there, though. It looks like he shoves it through her, down her throat, and then cuts it out of her.
0: Well, it's like it falls in her mouth, he, like, sticks a knife, the knife in her mouth, and, like, stabs around for a minute, and then Oh, he's trying to fish it out. I'm guessing so. And then, like, cuts her from, like, like, mid-breastbone to, like, her throat, it seems.
1: Yeah, it reaches in, he's like, I want my bracelet, for reasons.
0: Yeah, it's my special bracelet that's super faded.
1: And he goes up to Betty and goes I can take you whenever I want and then cuts her free again. We're shown him somewhere again looks like this weird scene we keep being shown uh in the dark part of the opera house. Again, it's Phantom of the Opera rinsing off his bracelet. Right. Uh Betty meets with a detective and he right away notices the rope marks on her arm. He's actually a very competent police officer. Well done.
0: Oh yeah, for once the, he it's not like Oh, well, there's no bumbling music behind him or anything. He actually, like, sees evidence and does something about it.
1: This guy would check the attic. Yes. Uh, She tells him everything she knows, and she goes into her apartment. And one, here, I'll set it up, and then I'll say my point. She puts eye drops in, and then the detective tells her, My assistant, Daniele Suave, will be over. She puts her eye drops in. And it basically blinds
0: her for 20 minutes. Why would you put these in? Yeah, the, she's like, oh, I just put eyedrops in. I can't really see anything. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, her vision becomes blurry for way too long. It's like, maybe they're expired.
1: And it cuts to, like, POV shots, like her POV here. And it looks like she's looking through a honeycomb.
0: Yeah, there's never been, a, like, a time that I put eye drops in. And, like, and for a second, like your vision's blurry, and then you blink a few times, and you can see.
1: Yeah, but uh, the detective's assistant does show up here, and she's like, Yeah, go ahead, have a look around. And he goes, Oh, do you want to relax? And she, this dialogue here is so fucking the room levels of dialogue. She goes, <laughs> Yes! Do you want to relax? Yes, I have a very good method for relaxing. And then she sits on her bed and puts on this calming, relaxing tape.
0: Yeah, and it literally starts with, like, you are now calm.
1: <laughs> yes, it says a little bit and then starts playing music. Her friend Mira comes over, who she asked to come see her earlier on the phone. Her friend tells her that D- Daniele Suave was in the hallway. But he's like, no, he's in here. So one of them is the wrong Daniele Suave.
0: Yeah, which is actually, I honestly think is a pretty good setup of like, holy shit, like, which one is the right one? Which one's the killer? It has to be one of them. And then they're like, we have no idea. Like, how do you even go about this?
1: 100%. This is good, because you don't know who you can trust. Uh, The power goes out. They lock themselves in the kitchen, get a knife. The phone rings, and the man in the apartment, we don't know which one he is, answers, and he leaves.
0: Right, and I think he even says something of like, okay, I'll be right back, or he says something.
1: Yeah, he goes outside, and he there's a knock on the door to come back in, and the friend says, Look through the peephole, it's like, I'm not opening up, he goes, no, it's me, see, here's my badge, she goes, that could be fake, show me your face, She sh- he shows her his face, and she's like, wait, I know you, and right then... The gun goes up to the people, which is actually another really cool effect, and she's shot right through the people in a slow motion
0: kill. I was gonna say this is one of my favorite scenes of the entire movie of like the slow mo, you see the bullet travel through the like peephole. It goes through her head, and then Betty's sitting on the floor like down the hall with with a phone beside her. The bullet hits the phone, the phone explodes. Like it's this really cool slow mo scene.
1: Oh, it's awesome. He starts pounding on the door. He's telling Betty to let him in. And this is really smart because she runs to the window and she doesn't jump because of how fucking far down it is, but she throws a pillow out and then ties some sheets together and throws them out the window. So it looks like she left through the window. Right. Which it would have been way too high. So it wouldn't have been possible.
0: Well, I love also love that she rewinds her relaxing tape again and puts it at like full volume. So just like out of nowhere, it's, You are now relaxed! And then it goes into, like, hardcore, like, loud opera music.
1: Hardcore opera sounds awesome.
0: Yeah, it would almost remind me of, like, what King Diamond is, maybe.
1: Yeah, exactly! Or Ghost. (laughs) She finds the real Daniela Suave, stabbed and dead, and she knows it's the real one because she checks his ID. And then the killer's in the house, she grabs Suave's gun, shoots and misses, and then... She turns the volume up, like you said. That's her next tactic, to right. to throw him off. And then, this fucking kid pops out of the vent. like pushes saves the, door. the day. Yeah, I get she saves the day, but how? She, I mean, in what way does this make sense? But okay, she pops out of the vent like, Betty, come with me! And Betty crawls into the vent after her.
0: Well, and then there's a line of dialogue that explains all of it, where the little girls, like, whenever my parents get in fights and my dad starts beating my mom, I crawl into the vents. I get that. But,
1: like, you know, typically when you're making a movie, you would have established this kid. Maybe not that she's in the vent, but you have at least let us know this kid exists or something so it doesn't seem so out of left field. That'd be like me writing the line, and then aliens came down and shot the man with no mention of aliens before.
0: They set it up earlier when you saw the weird thing in the vent. That's the little girl. Yeah,
1: but they didn't set up that there was a little kid or anything. Oh, do
0: you need everything spelled out for you? Come on. That
1: that one do. This is <laughs> one of my pretty big terms right here. I'm mean, like, oh, what the fuck? When this little kid pops out of the vent like, Betty, come with me.
0: But I, it took me back to like, could you imagine if like you were like 10 years old or whatever and like you got to crawl around all the vents in like this building? That would actually be fun. I don't know.
1: I'd be kind of pissed if this kid didn't just save my life if I was Betty. She's like, I watch you all the time. I love when you sing. I'm like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah, it's like, okay, but Betty seems to, like, have a lot of sex with her boyfriend and runs around brawless all the time. So, like, you're just peeping in on these people.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's kind of an invasion of privacy, but whatever. Um, They get out in this in the kid's room, and then they hide, like, under the vent where you couldn't see because the killer is also crawling around the vent, but passes them by.
0: Yeah, which is a, another, like, kind of, I enjoy the scene of, like, it's like, oh, shit, like, you gotta be quiet, and, like... Yeah,
1: this is really good tension building here. Like, this, it's not all bad. Like I said, I was liking this movie a lot. This really well-done, like, tension building scene. Yeah. Then the girl's mom's like, who the hell is this? Like, about Betty, and she kicks her out, and her and the kid are yelling at each other as Betty leaves. She tells them to call the police. They don't. And The mom's like, you're the worst. And the girl's like, you're the worst. You're
0: always naked. Yeah. (laughs) And then then you hear like a slap sound effect. It's like, okay, Jesus Christ.
1: (laughs) Betty goes back to the opera house. Mark is there. And he says that he's made a change to the show that will identify the killer if he's in attendance tomorrow.
0: Which is another one of like, I enjoy like what they do with it of like, oh, we have this like, off the wall idea about how to find this killer but it's definitely you cannot say you've ever seen this before no it's
1: very original and it's smart just we'll get there in a second she sleeps in her dressing room and has some weird dream about the killer and then she wakes up was that a dream or a memory and then (laughs) we cut to the opera the next day she's (laughs) performing what
0: you doing her accent
1: We get to the opera the next day, and Betty's performing, and they're like, right now, and they smash the crow cage through the back of the set, like swinging on a chain above the stage with the crow handler, like the crow wrangler, and they're with it. It lowers down, and he opens the door. Here's the thing, actually really smart, because they do have a line earlier about, like, like these ravens or crows are vindictive and they'll remember a face and people who've wronged them remember the killer earlier killed a bunch of the crows right so they're thinking the crows will find the killer actually really smart and crows do have really good memories uh my one Mm -hmm. job i used to work with there was these crows that would come around all the time and this one part of it like this one building the guys would throw like their bread crusts outside for the crows and the crows would come back every day at their lunchtime for their bread crusts and everything
0: or, or don't they also, like, steal, like, shiny things or, like, bring it to people they like yeah. and whatnot? They'd,
1: they'd bring things in exchange. It was weird. Yeah. Like, they'd bring, like, little rocks, drop it off, and I guess that was their payment for their bread crust.
0: It's like a like a medieval, like, uh, role-playing game where it's just like, oh, thank you for the bread. Here's some tokens. <laughs> like Exactly.
1: But, so, the Wrangler opens the doors, and then, again, this could have been chopped down, not... The crows, like, call and look at each other for, like, five minutes, and then one flies around the room scaring everyone for another ten minutes, and then they finally find the guy.
0: Well, I also love, like, it's not the director of the play, the horror movie guy, but there's, like, the, um, kind of fat, bold guy. That's like kind of running the play or something like that. And as soon as the crows and the cage come crashing through the window, it cuts to him. He just puts his hand in his head and starts rubbing his head like this (laughs) fucking opera is fucking cursed. Like
1: (laughs) Here's the thing. Great plan. Why did you need to smash through your set in dramatic fashion, like your Captain Jack Sparrow swinging (laughs) in, come down, and open up the cage? Why didn't you just let the crows out?
0: Yeah, true. Well, for movie.
1: (laughs) You get what I'm saying, though. Yeah, I get
0: what you mean 100%, yes. (laughs) And they probably caused thousands of dollars worth of
1: damages, everything, to their own set, but...
0: Now all of a sudden the chain breaks, the cage goes into the crowd, crushes a few people. Exactly! This could have gone so wrong. The poor celebrity that's stuck inside the box doesn't know what to do, they're trying to make 20 bucks for a picture. (laughs) Um, But yeah,
1: so they do find the guy, and they peck his eyes out, like they tear one right out of his head. He starts shooting, kills one of the random people, like, in a sheet, like, that's a an extra in the play. You still there for some reason during all this madness and the guy gets away, but you see the crow eat the eye and it's metal as hell.
0: Yeah. Which I, this is another one While I'm watching this. I'm like, Ooh, here comes another eye thing. And I'm just thinking of you.
1: I, you know, really, I'm very particular about the eye thing. Some things I think are awesome. Other ones though. Fulci, you'll get me. Eli Roth will get me. Not all of them.
0: Oh yeah. Well, the one I always go back to is from zombie two when it's, the zombie shoving her eye, like, into the piece of wood and then breaking it off.
1: I I still say, I think I probably said it on mic before, but it's a uh, Hostel, the blowtorch to the eye. Yeah. That was the one that, like, first started that for me. Uh-uh, I don't like eye shit.
0: I remember that, because it was on, like, HBO or, like, one of those paid, like, movie channels where it was unrated. And I was, like, way too young to be watching it. And I was, like, holy shit, like, that's scene stuck with me forever
1: <laughs> oh me too for sure but betty's in her dressing room mark comes in they're all happy they they got him. they don't have him yet though but the now one-eyed killer breaks in and knocks out mark and takes betty uh, to like another room in the opera house somewhere and says you're just like your mother ties her to a chair blind and blindfolds her and goes i don't want you to look as he starts soaking the room in gasoline and i love he goes do you know what this is Gasoline. Yeah, I assume the liquid you're dousing the room in was gasoline, but thank you for clarifying.
0: Yeah, even though she's blindfolded, gas smells. So you're immediately going to be like, oh yeah, everything's drenched in gas.
1: So here, here's where it is. So the motive is this guy, I guess, the short simple version, had a thing for his mom, didn't work out, so now he likes her daughter. Right. Never mind the fact that he looks the same age as Betty.
0: Yeah, or it could be a kind of thing of, like, Stacy's mom's got it going on, I don't want anything to do with the daughter.
1: I mean, maybe, but they don't play it that way. No. But, so, that's the whole motivation for this whole movie, right there, I guess, I think.
0: Yeah, basically, like, your mom used to get me hard, and then I had to kill her, I think, is what happened, and now you get me hard, is the entire movie. Yeah,
1: exactly. He gives her the gun, and she wants her to shoot him. Remember, she's blindfolded, so he's guiding her to, like, shoot him in the head, like, where he's standing and everything. She shoots him, and right when she shoots him, he drops, and he has a match, so the room goes up in flame. She smartly shoots the rope instead of fiddling with it. I thought she would do that, like, mess with it the whole time. She, But she's locked in this room that's burning, and she gets the key with the music stand, again smartly uses fabric to pick up the key like betty's pretty smart honestly with all this shit i gotta give her credit
0: that's what i was about to say like she's actually like one to figure out like and kind of save herself she doesn't just wait there for like mr heroic man to come in and like save the day she's like well i'm tied up to this chair but i have a gun i can shoot the rope out Okay, now, I I remember he had a key. Now, let me grab the music stand. Yeah, exactly. Like, she isn't just like, oh, my, help. It's like, yeah, know, she actually, like, has her shit kind of together sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then she even shoots the lock on the door, which should have worked, but it didn't. But anyway, someone still comes to save her. But, like, she was making all the right moves here.
0: I mean, yeah, if she hadn't have, like, gotten herself free from the chair, she would have probably been dead.
1: Yeah, but Mark comes in, saves her, gets her out everything's going to be happy ever after um the killer is dead mark and her are going to go live in this in the mountains on i don't know if it's a movie set or if they're just living in the woods i'm not sure
0: then now they transition to they're in the sound of music Dude, I think it was. I think it's the same mountains. Because whenever she's, like, running around the hills and whatnot, that's all I thought of was, like, oh, yeah, this is fucking that lady running around in her, like, dress to the sound of music. Where are the Nazis?
1: 100%. Like, it really did. Oh, the news comes on. They're talking about crime at the opera. And Santini, who I guess this was his name, I think. Why did I think it was Adam? I don't know. But... ...is still alive, and the corpse... And this is days later, probably weeks by the fact that they're at this random mountain house. They're like, the corpse was a mannequin police have discovered from their tests. Okay, let's parse that statement for a second.
0: Yeah, well, it's like, do you remember a few years ago when, like, it was all over the news of those, like, two hunters were like, We caught Bigfoot! We have them in this cooler. And it was literally like a gorilla suit stuffed with like deer guts that they froze in a block of ice. Yeah. It's like that same logic. But worse, because
1: it's a mannequin. Take uh, your nearest dead body and take your nearest mannequin. I'm assuming those are things that most people have somewhere in a house.
0: Just a second. Okay, there's one. and There's the other, okay. (laughs) Light them both on fire. Just a second. Okay, we, we gotta make this quick now.
1: What's gonna be the difference? Like, a mannequin will literally burn, or melt. If it's plastic, if it's wood, it will just burn. A uh, body will smolder and decompose and rot, you know what I mean? Like, or if it's hot enough, which it might have been, you know, but it'll turn to, you'll still see bone fragments and stuff like that. How has it been weeks, and police have now determined it was a mannequin?
0: Where, like, all of a sudden they're like, they're like, awesome cops we had earlier it, their shift is over now we're going back to like it's literally like a soundtrack of like wacky music following the next shift <laughs>
1: as they find out it wasn't him
0: <laughs>
1: Mark yells at the window because Betty's up frolicking through a field he yells Betty run why is he telling her to run though if it's been, like, days or weeks, he could be on you any second. Why are you right now? Like, oh, he's here.
0: Well, because he goes downstairs and sees that, like, the maid has been stabbed. Oh, does he? Yeah, he goes downstairs and, um... Oh, know, yeah, you know, you're right, you're right. A knife sticking out of her chest. That's why.
1: Yes, you are correct. Uh, yells Betty to run. Um, She takes off. And Mark, Mark Santini, that's her name. No, nope, Mark is the killer. Mark tackles Santini. Ugh, Mark is the director. Mark tackles Santini because he sees her, him running after Betty. But then he stabs Mark to death. Mark made it almost the whole way to the end. We won't see his next horror movie. Damn. But then Betty, in a genius turn of events, like, oh, yeah. I'll trick the killer. He goes, I wanted you to win to kill him. I'm exactly like her, talking about her mother. And killer buys us instantly, like, oh. Okay, cool. So, everything's fine. And they start walking away together. And he gets, like, a step or two ahead of her. She grabs a rock and hits him in the back of the head. And a whole mob of police show up. They're like, how did you know we were coming? I saw the dogs. Like, she's some genius or something like that. And the helicopter that flew over. I don't know. Yeah. He's screaming as he's being arrested. I just wanted to free their souls. (laughs) Okay. Okay. He has some dialogue running through her head, like her narrating over everything. She's crawling through flowers. She's like, I am not like my mother, but I am. I am just a person. I want to live some shit like this. And she's crawling through flowers, and there's a lizard stuck under a stick, which looks like a baby Komodo dragon. I don't know what it is.
0: Yeah, I could. Yeah, exactly. It looks like a weird lizard.
1: Yeah, like not what you just find in a field, but whatever. And she saves it from the stick that was stuck on it. And then credits.
0: Yeah, which, yeah, the weird lizard thing I never really got. But, yeah, then it's just over.
1: Yeah, and that's our night at the opera.
0: Yes, see, we had a classy, classy episode this week, Greg. (laughs) That's how we're ending the year in class? Yes, we're ending this year in class with the opera. (laughs) Okay. What a movie. Now, this was a first-time watch for you, right? If you couldn't tell, yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> so,
1: thoughts, Greg? Look, it starts really strong. It really does. It has a great... And I know I said it jokingly, but I legit think, not to the level I was playing it up to be, but I do think there was a lot of they didn't know where they were going with this and were kind of adding some stuff or changing their minds as they went along in this.
0: Yeah, I don't know actually like 100% if you're right or not, but you could be. <laughs>
1: Oh, no, I'm not saying for sure, but I'm at least that's the way this movie seems. Right. It, it turns into a mess, but the beginning is so strong, and it just, it's like they had, they were on a time, like, schedule, and like, oh, crap, we need to finish this now.
0: I mean, that could also be part of it.
1: And then, like, the the very end is just completely a different movie, and her tricking him and then saving a lizard for the ending, I don't understand, but... I, it's the opera. Maybe I'm not supposed to understand.
0: It's too highbrow for us, Greg. We're like slime and guts. Yeah, I don't
1: hate it. I, I didn't hate it. I don't love it either. I don't know if I like it. It's somewhere in there. Okay. I mean, it's probably a like, not a high like. Right. I liked it enough. Will I watch it again? Is a question that I don't have an answer to.
0: I think so. This is a movie that you'll think about for, like, off and on, it's gonna pop in your head, and you're gonna be like, fuck it, I'm just gonna watch it again. And then you're still gonna be sitting there being like, what? (laughs) Like,
1: that doesn't sound comforting. Like, it's not gonna help. See, but I still love this movie so much. Oh, there's some really good shit in it, too. Like, I, I liked enough of it. What about you? What's your thoughts on it?
0: Oh, I've seen this movie for a couple, like, two or three years now, and I always really enjoyed it. This is where, like, I think I said earlier, of like, I went to IDE's and saw that they had opera on DVD, and I was like, holy shit, they have opera. And I had to immediately buy it. I've always enjoyed this movie.
1: That's fair. Oh, you want to get the Count of the Dead? Yes, yes. All right, so the throwing of the word Count of the Dead, if you guys haven't listened before, you know this speech, if you have, is where we tally up all the deaths in the movie, and we add it to our grand total, the deaths in all the movies we've done up to this point, to get that nice big number, the Count of the Dead. Last episode, we did Black Christmas, which left us with a count of the dead of 744. Where do you think we ended up with with opera?
0: Oh, God, this is going to be a shot in the dark one, because there were like not a ton of deaths, but there were quite a few. There is a fair amount. I'm going to say nine.
1: If you'd say nine, which would bring us to 753. Yes. Well, a few episodes ago, you were on a win streak. Right now, you are on it. let's miss it by one streak, two in a row. It oh, was it. eight kills, which left us with a count of the dead of 752.
0: See, I did that thing I do of, like, I think of a number, then I add one. Gotta stop doing that, Brett. I know. I stopped doing it for a while, and then I was on a streak, but okay. <laughs> well, every week, Greg does this count of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. And I do my rating system, but I don't like to do stars or thumbs up or thumbs down, because number one, Joe Bob Briggs does stars, and hail Joe Bob. Hail Joe Bob. And number two, Cisco and Ebert used to do stars and thumbs up and thumbs down, and I hope that they get their eyeballs picked out by ravens. Oh, I thought you were going
1: to say someone tapes their eyes open with the needles and makes them watch Friday the 13th.
0: Oh, that would be even better. There we go. And it's like the Friday the 13th with the commentary on and it's me and you <laughs> doing the commentary. So Those are talking about the, how great it is. Oh, we just, like, gush all over it. It's just a cum fest the entire time. <laughs> um, but I, like I like this. I like to do my own rating system from 1 through 10, 1 being the worst, 10 being the best. And I pick something from the movie to rate the thing, and I don't come up with that until right now. There is a few different good ones. There were. know what I'm going to do is um, guitar licks. Oh, some nice riffs there. Yeah, get some guitar riffs in there. Uh, okay. Because like that's one of my favorite parts is when it would cut from like operatic music to like just fucking metal.
1: Yeah, all of a sudden it's like Kill Them All Era Metallica. I'm like, okay, yeah. here we go.
0: So, uh, number one guitar riff is going to be like, it's like you just got your very first guitar. It's like one of those first act guitars and you have no okay. idea what you're doing and you're just literally like just like strumming and you're like, oh, this is awesome! And your parents are in the next room, being like, "kill, kill me." And I was at number ten. It's like it's hard to think of like who's like has the best guitar like riffs.
1: Oh, you go Slayer has some good riffs. Their solos are god awful, but they have some strong fucking riffs.
0: Fucking Slayer, like yeah, Metallica, um, Megadeth, Sabbath, Sabbath are pretty big riff masters. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's but, a lot. Yeah, like let's say Sabbath levels is number ten. Okay. I'm going to put this movie as eight guitar riffs out of 10. I have always enjoyed it. I love all the little giallo, like Italian things in it. They have to have the black gloves. I like the look of the knife. That's also leads into malignant. Some, um, yeah, but I don't know. Just something about even like the weird parts of this movie and some of the acting isn't that great in certain scenes where it's like other scenes. It's amazing. But this is definitely one that I watch at least once or twice a year. Okay.
1: Well, I won't lie to you. This was one of the hardest ratings I've ever had to come up with. I legit sat down and put a lot of thought into this one because I haven't quite had a movie like this before. It wasn't bad the whole way through. It wasn't good the whole way through. It really, like, had a halfway weird point for me. So it, I'm like, how do how do I rate something like this? So the only thing I could think appropriate is smack dab in the middle. I gave it a five guitar riff.
0: Okay, so worth checking out.
1: Yeah, definitely worth checking out.
0: Okay, which I mean, I I definitely like it a lot more than you seem to have fun with it. So I'm a little like, oh man, it deserves more than a five. But I was also worried like as the show was going on that you were going to say like two.
1: No, it's not getting a two. No, no, no. It it gets a five. It's passing, but man, there's a lot of shit that could have been trimmed up in it. I think I would enjoy more watching it again, though, to be honest. So I should have watched it twice, but I wasn't going to do that. To now that I know what I'm in for, okay, just lean into the bat shittery of it all. So honestly, if I watch it again, maybe it would get a higher rating. Who knows?
0: Oh yeah, I would definitely say this has rewatchability where like now you know what's going on. Now you can look for background stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. So check back with me. Maybe that'll go up. But for right now, get the five guitar riffs.
0: Okay. Yeah, we'll have to check. Well, this will be like every like two months or something we'll do this movie to see where you stand on it. (laughs) Okay, that works. (laughs) I mean, what else do we do? We tell them what we're doing next week. Oh, what are we doing next week, Greg? It's the, our very <laughs> first movie of 2022.
1: Well, you got to pick what we closed out 2021 with, and so you graciously gave me what we got to pick to open 2022 with. And I don't know. I was trying to think of, like, New Year's. Like, what's a fun, like, way to ring it in and everything? I was thinking Big Party. That feels like Elvis to me. So we're
0: going to go Bubba Hotep. Oh, so we got some ass-sucking uh, mummies coming up here soon.
1: Hell yeah, we do next week. Uh, Also, look, Hail to the King, baby, works even better for this movie when you think about it. So we got Bruce Campbell, Elvis, undead ass sucking mummies. What a way to kick off the year.
0: Yeah, we have Black JFK.
1: Exactly. Like, if you guys haven't seen Bubba Hotep, what are you doing with your life? Get on that for next week.
0: Oh, yeah. I cannot wait to cover Bubba Hotep. This is going to be a fun one.
1: Yeah, for sure. I can't wait on that one. I started watching it today, I got about halfway through it, and then I stopped to come and do this, but that'll be a fun time. Yeah.
0: Well, um, make sure to follow us on all the social medias. um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Search Throbbing with Horror, you'll see our pumpkin show up. Um, yeah, we're everywhere. Check out Greg on his other podcast, Geek Positive, with Ryan Maxwell. They're constantly releasing geek shit of, like, they just did Spider-Man not that long ago. Um. They got a bunch of Marvel stuff coming up, so yeah, check them out.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, we just did Spider-Man, we have Hawkeye next week, and then like the best of the year after that, we got a big schedule on there right now.
0: Nice. Yeah, but unless you have anything else then, man? No, I don't think so. All right, well, we hope that opera has left your brain throbbing with hope.